the last week of the 12th year, six more days to go, I think, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, six days, and then we'll be entering into, uh, I'll be finishing our 12th year on the seventh day, so it's a good time to maybe, I don't know, maybe go on a fast if uh, God is leading you, so that we can prepare ourselves as a church, even as we enter into the 12th year, 13th year, sorry. 13th year. God has been good. Um, exciting times, exciting days ahead, spiritually. So, what's your plan? Is a question. Okay. So, I, I'm going to title today's message as, what's your plan? Okay. Um, turn with me to Ruth, the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. And before we go there, let's pray. <laughs> Father, we just thank you, Father, for this morning, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy and your kindness in our lives. Jesus, we worship you. Lord, this morning, even as we're here in your presence, oh Lord, we just want to thank you for your faithfulness all these days, Lord, of the lockdown. 66 days of the lockdown, O oh Lord, that you have been faithful to us as a church. You have fed us every day with your word, with your living word. And Lord, that you granted us the grace, O oh Lord, to feast from your table. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you, thank you that we never went hungry. Lord, even, even physically and spiritually, Lord, we never felt, never went hungry, O oh Lord. You were faithful. And you proved yourself faithful to us over and over again. And therefore this morning we just want to confess that you and you alone are God and there is none other. This morning we want to exalt your holy name. We want to exalt your word. Father, we want to exalt the name of Jesus. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, hallowed be your name. This morning, that is our prayer. And even as even as we meditate upon your word, I pray Lord Jesus, Lord, that our that our lives will become even more uh, steadfast in our pursuit of you. That, Lord, that we will be unwavering in our pursuit of you, Lord. That we will truly, truly set aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. And we will run with endurance the race that is set before us. This morning, to that end, I pray that even as we meditate upon, our, upon your word, I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen our determination and our resolve. And enable us to finish what you have started in our lives, by the power of the Holy Spirit, for it is not by might, not by power, but by my strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's what your word says, and therefore we are dependent upon your spirit and upon your work in our, upon the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Therefore, Lord, Father, anoint us to hear and to obey and fill us with your spirit, even as we, uh, Father, receive your word by faith. We thank you, we praise you, for in Jesus' name, Amen. Ruth's Gospel, <laughs> chapter 1, verse 16 onwards. But Ruth said, to whom? To Naomi. Okay, that's very important, significant. Ruth said to Naomi, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God my God, where you die, I will die, and there will and there will I be buried. 
the Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts you and me. And verse 18 is what I want us to look at. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped persuading her not to follow. <laughs> Remarkable, isn't it? So what's your plan? Is a question. I'll tell you what, why I've, why I've titled today's teaching as what's your plan? That word determined is something which struck me like anything, no? Determined. If there be first a willing mind. Okay. If you are willing and obedient. It says, Daniel purposed in his heart. These are all, these are all synonyms for determination. It's called holy, spiritual, humble determination. This is humble determination. Who are you going with? A person who has no future, apparently. But what did you see in her? You just saw the God in her. God in her, which was actually witnessed in such a pathetic way, if you will, that notwithstanding the fact that the witness in herself was so weak, still she saw the God in Naomi and she went hard after that God. So, if Ruth can follow Naomi, how much more you and I is a question. Okay. Now, when I was um, um, br- something was brought to my attention. Okay, when I was listening to somebody, First uh, Corinthians chapter two, these words. That's the reason why I just wanted us to, wanted us to look at this verse. First Corinthians chapter two. Can we can we read from verses one and two? Just one and two, okay? And I, brothers, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of Jesus. And then, for I determined to know nothing or anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It's that that holy, humble determination that Set apart Apostle Paul from the rest of the gang. And from his rest of his peers. So, sorry, Apostles ek taraf, Paul ek taraf. One born out of time. You see, it's a remarkable uh, thing about uh, when um, uh, Dr. Ravi Zacharias was actually speaking at uh, Nabil Qureshi's uh, uh, funeral service, or rather memorial service if I'm right. You know, one of the first thing he talks about Nabil is, is Nabil was abnormally born. <laughs> abnormally born. Just like Apostle Paul. Abnormally born. <laughs> born into the kingdom. For I determined. You know, that's the word which just came out of the page of the Bible and just struck me. And I determined to know nothing except Christ and Him crucified. You know why? Because our mind, if you allow it to be occupied with anything else, it will easily be occupied with interesting things. Even if it is a Bible. No. As long as it occupies us, we will be interested. Politics will interest us. Trump will interest us. Okay. So many things will interest us. Hmm? So, but what was the secret of Apostle Paul? This singular determination to know nothing. It was a act of absolute discipline and will to know nothing apart from Christ and Him 
crucified. That was the reason, I believe, for his success as a apostle. We may not be at that level. But do we have a plan B? No. I hope so. That's the reason I asked you, what's your Ah, what's your plan? <laughs> what's your plan, your buddy, your brothers here? Do we have plan B? If this is not your plan, what is your plan? I also, if you have another plan, so let us discuss that. I think if you have a better plan, please let me know. I will humble myself and sit at your feet and learn. Let us look at <laughs> Apostle Paul's life. Now, what is that secret of this man? Okay. This is what I want to do. What is the secret of the, of the, of the Apostle Paul and his success as a Christian? Not as a minister of the or an apostle or anything. What was that attitude that kept him absolutely focused on that straight and narrow path and gave him that assurance that he was right on that track even when everyone forsook him, even his close associates had associates and aides forsook him and left him. What was that one singular? What was that? What were those? Quint, what are the, not quintessential, what are those attitudes in Apostle Paul which kept him on that straight and narrow path? See, we need to, um, when we are discussing these things, don't misunderstand me, no. We may not be at that, at that level. For sure we are not. If you read this man's life, we are not at that level. But at least our aim should be, our objective should be. Otherwise we'll be beating the air. We don't, if we, if we don't know what is possible by grace, then what will we, what will we be pursuing? You understand what I'm saying? See, um, different things interest different people at different points of their lives. I was listening to Chetan Bhagat. How many of you know Chetan Bhagat? Okay, on, oh, yes, of course. Of course, I, yeah, I know you will know. Uh, that is a Russian. <laughs> Chetan Bhagat, uh, I'm, I'm sure our uh, brothers from uh, Nigeria would not know. Chetan Bhagat is a great Indian author. Okay. Great Indian author. Great Indian author. <laughs> okay. Uh, of course, the, the elitists don't like him for whatever reasons. But, but he's one of the most Widely read authors in India. Okay. He is really a successful author. But let me tell, discuss, I'll tell you about his life. Okay. Just about his life. When he was in 10th grade, he got 76%. Okay. Out of 100%. That was in 1991, if I'm right. Okay. 1991. 76% in India, if you get 76%, they will say, Ayyo, kya baat, kya ho gaya re they will look at look at you like that. Seventy-six hmm? percent. That is how they look at. So that's exactly how people started looking at him. Ayo, poor fellow. Seventy-six percent. Hmm? So what did what happened to him? He said, "Okay, fine. Seventy-six percent. People are looking down upon me. What should I do in order to gain their adoration and uh, and that they they will begin to respect me? So what is the toughest exam on planet Earth in India, at least, which I should crack so, so that they will start." Uh, what do you say? Uh, praising him. So, that at that moment, at, during those days, IIT JE was the toughest exam. So, he gizzified for two years. Okay. 
in his own words okay <laughs> in his own words he gisophied for 2 years and he studied and studied and ratta marofied everything and he got a seat into mechanical engineering for, into iit delhi 4 years finished mechanical engineering got a got a job in cadbury worked there then he suddenly had this brain wave that he has to do as mba and he gisophied for another 2 years and got into iim ahmedabad which is the top business school in india if you want to talk about uh, watton school of business in uh, in america the equivalent is uh, in indian institute of management ahmedabad so iit ahmedabad iit delhi iim ahmedabad aur kya chahiye bhai tere zindagi mein tere ko suddenly he said nothing was and he got a job in goldman sachs he was the middle class dream if you will of india and then he went into goldman sachs and he said i'm not happy here and he started writing so different things interested in at different different points in his life okay iit interested him because he didn't want to be an engineer he just wanted to get accolades cadbury interested him because he liked chocolates and he, therefore he finished his mechanical engineering started working in cadbury and then suddenly he got interested in management he went to iim ahmedabad gisophied there and he went to goldman sachs and he reached the pinnacle of his life finally what interested him is writing some trash so he started writing and he became uh, successful Okay, <laughs> but he has become successful, very very successful. Now the thing is, different things interested him in different different junctures in his life. Was he successful? Absolutely. But for Apostle Paul, different things did not interest him at different times. He determined to know nothing. See, people in the world, different things will interest them at different points in their lives. okay they will be singularly focused for example michael phelps will be interested in becoming the greatest olympic medalist on planet earth and he will get 27 gold medals in all which is india in india in their dreams i don't know whether whether they will get 26 gold medals in all their history in olympics i don't know he got them all he got them all but suddenly he got distracted and he went into a different direction altogether different things will interest different people at different junctures in their life but for apostle paul there was only one interest god yeshua that i may know him so if i look at his life and when i look at his life i want i want to be there i want to be i i want to ask god to give me those grant me those attitudes at least i may not be as successful as him i don't know okay but at least let me show what is possible jesus ka bolo to we should walk like jesus walked is something which we can speak but are there examples yes there are of people who did it absolutely so let us see those attitudes which will enable us to see if we are absolutely determined or at least uh, uh, encourages and exhorts us to be determined to follow that course that god has ordained for each one of us amen so i want to identify seven of course wherever i get either it's seven or 10 or 12 these are my numbers okay 7 10 12 so we are 
at the favorite number 13th i don't know what 13th which signifies but 7 10 12 are uh, those those are my periods basically if uh, if i don't find 7 10 12 i go in multiples of 7 and multiples of 10 and multiples of 12. Okay, that is what my attitude is. Because you, ultimately you will find all numbers within those categories. Okay. First, I want to identify how many? Seven attitudes, which really struck me. I mean, this is something which is very close to my heart. And which is biblical and I want to share them with you. What was, what are those secrets in the life of Apostle Paul that kept him on that straight and narrow path and absolutely focused? First, he never forgot where God picked him from. That's it. What is that? He never forgot where God picked him up from. A former blasphemer and insolent man. Turn first to First Timothy chapter 1. Verse 12 and 13. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who was, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor and an insolent man but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. So these times of ignorance God has winked at. That's what he says. These times of ignorance God has winked at but now he has called every everybody at all place to remit. To repent. What it tells me is this. He never forgot where he came from. That means his repentance was absolutely genuine and radical. Genuine repentance. Radical repentance. He never forgot. Look at what he says. And then he says, look at this. Next verse. And the, and the grace of, of the Lord Jesus Christ was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners of whom I am the chief. So that I can be a pattern. That's what he says. My life will become a pattern. And he says he never forgot that. One of the things that we need to, we so easily forget. We sing that song, no? When trials come, how easily forget to cast your burdens that's what we forget but here in this case he never forgot from where God picked him from down in the dumps see unless and until we see ourselves that way we will never be able to progress in this walk 1st Corinthians sorry 1st John 1st John chapter 3 and verse 1 Behold, what manner of love. Can you put it in NIV? It's beautiful in NIV. Okay. Hmm. How great is the love of the, how great is the love the Father has what? Lavished upon us. This is the conviction of John. And this was definitely the conviction of Apostle Paul. What manner of love? Lord, me, a blasphemer, an insolent man who murdered some of your people and who lived with that stigma all the days of his life, literally. Okay. Never forgot that. Me, Lord. And that is what we are, children of God. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. What manner of love the Father has lavished that we should be called the 
children of God. See, the success of any believer or other of any person who has been called into this walk of discipleship, one of the things you never want to forget is where God picked you up from. So even when you fall, <laughs> when you come back, you, you'll always humble yourself. Because you knew where you were picked up from. And when you fell, you'll say, my God, how could I sin against the love that actually the God bestowed upon me? You understand what I'm saying? Turn with me to Second Samuel, chapter 7, verse 18 and 19. Then King God, sorry, then King David went in and sat before the Lord and he said, Who am I, O Lord? And what is my house, Lord, that you have brought me this far? And is this a small thing in your sight, O Lord God, that you have spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come? Is this the manner of man, O Lord God? Is this the manner of man? What is man that you are mindful of him? He can write all these psalms, Baba. You know why? Because he genuinely felt that. It was not humblicity. It was humility. You understand what I'm saying? You see that? Never forget that. And therefore, when God showed so much of love to him, so when he fell, you know, he actually knew how much he sinned against God. You know why? God gave me so much and for all the love he bestowed upon me, this is what I repaid to him. His repentance was there. On the other hand, look at the great man. His predecessor. What's his name? Saul. 1 Samuel chapter 15. Verse 12. So when Samuel rose up early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel saying, Saul went to Carmel and indeed he has set up a monument for himself. Oh! Suddenly, where a monument, Baba? Then Samuel reminds him. Verse 16 and 17. Then Samuel said to Saul, Be quiet. <laughs> I like that. Be quiet, Ray. self marmar, please. Be quiet and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, Speak on. Samuel said, When you were? Little in your own eyes. Were you not the head of the tribes of Israel? When you were little, did you already forget? Did you not say, I am the least in my family? My family is the least... All those things that you said, you forgot already and suddenly started making monument for yourselves. Think about those statements. That is the reason why Apostle Paul was able to finish his raid with such a bang. What a assurance, no? I have finished the race. I kept the faith. I fought the good fight. What is waiting for me? It's just a matter of time crown of righteousness is there. And not only me, to all those who love his appearing. What assurance. He never forgot where God picked him up from. Let us all ask God, Lord, may I never forget, Lord, from where you brought me and picked me up from. What where? What was I? Who was? That's exactly what uh, what uh, what uh, um Moses admonishes or exhorts Israel. He says, God did not choose you because you were the greatest of all the people. 
God did not choose you because you were righteous. God knew that you were stiff-necked. God did not choose you because you were strong. No. In fact, hmm, I know who your mother, mother is. Who's your mother? Hittite. Your father? Amorite. That is when I picked you up from. So never forget that. Never forget that. Okay. So this is something which we all have to ask ourselves. Lord, do I forget easily? Every day in the morning, Lord, let me never forget. So you know what happens? When we have this kind of an attitude, we are always merciful to others. How much we have been given mercy. And that is the reason why I believe he was able to write those letters like Romans. No, Has God given up, given up upon, upon Jews? He says, he asks this question. No, 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 no. If God has given up on Jews, you know, let me tell you something. Counter example. Who's the counter example? Me. Paul says in Romans chapter 11. If God has given up upon all Jews, he would never have saved me. I am the counter example over here. See, he had that love and he said, Lord, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel that they should be saved because I bear them witness that they have zeal for God. Not according, but not according to knowledge for they striving to establish their own righteousness have not striven or submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. And he says, I, I wish that I myself would be accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my kinsmen, my brother and according to flesh, for I bear them witness, etc. What tremendous, what tremendous uh, attitudes, no? That is simply because he never forgot from where God picked him up from. First thing, Paul was absolutely convinced of the fact that he was lavished upon by God with love through his son. How else will you explain the transformation of this man? <laughs> how, ex- how else will you explain? Galatians chapter 1 verse 23 and 24. Look at what it says. But they were hearing only. He who formerly persecuted us. Now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy. And they what? Glorified not me. God in me. They glorified God. And that is the reason why he says, I thank my God through the Lord Jesus Christ for your faith. For God be thanked, for though you were once slaves to sins, that you obeyed from the heart that form of teaching that was entrusted to you. Okay, so he was, he's totally, totally conscious about the fact that he was loved and he was picked up by God and he never deserved it. Okay, second. He never forgot where God picked him up from. First thing. Second, he never complained about when God called him. When and how? In what circumstances? What do I mean by that? Let me give you an example. I mean, to, uh, to, to put this in perspective. Turn to Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 to 17. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my Mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. What is that? Hello, 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 hello. God separated me from where, Baba? From mother's womb. That's an amazing statement, isn't it? So why did not God call him when he was a Pharisee under Gamaliel? He did not. 
why i'm sure he was uh, it was it was possibly a teenager i don't know when he was uh, when jesus was walking on in in jerusalem because it says it was a, he was a young man when uh, stephen was martyred so we don't know how young or old he was okay we're just speculating if god chose him separated him from the mother's womb he did not call him when he went to university of tarsus he did not call him after he graduated from the university of tarsus he did not call him while he was putting people in prison he waited and waited till he allowed through the apostle paul to martyr stephen and then god called him i mean isn't it interesting god allowed him to mess up so much before he could before he could be called even though he was separated from his mother's womb the key is this read verse 15 carefully what does it say but when thank you so much dr look when it pleased god that is the time he called me so no questions asked lord i wish i wish lord that i was born in the era <laughs> of the disciples i don't know <laughs> lord i wish i was born in such and such a place lord i wish I, my parents were so godly lord i wish i was born in america i'm just giving examples you know what god chose your parents god chose your parents understand that that's packed like a song when i heard for the first time when i was coming to this church pastor made this statement which i could never forget it just hit me like a boulder you know he says there are no illegitimate children there are only illegitimate parents it was like maybe in 2009 or 2010 when i was when we were, when we were uh, you know growing up in the church the that statement like my goodness it struck me like a boulder there are no illegitimate children there are there are only illegitimate parents so what does it tell me every child is in the plan of god sovereignly it pleased god whenever it pleased god he called me i am not going to complain why did you allow me lord to do this the stigma of killing stephen he never called he never complained all the church will tell me you now this fellow was responsible for killing my sister my son putting my son in jail nothing of that sort lord and he was totally okay with that that means he completely surrendered himself to the sovereignty of god you know we have this thing no i wish i was born here i wish my parents were this i wish i was born in a christian family i wish i had this kind of an upbringing if i had this if i if no complaints see he never forgot where god picked him up from he never complained as to when god called him you know i was looking at the at the at the library books you now one more the book title of the book is how to be born again now i'm asking how can anybody write a book as to how to be born again did you write a book as to how to how were you born i mean nobody can force born again on you 
Let me show you. John's Gospel, chapter 3. Verse uh, 7 onwards. <laughs> Look at this. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. And then it says, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the... Understand? When the Spirit comes, when the Spirit goes, we don't know. It's a sovereign work of God. He chooses what time and when you should be born. Lord, after having messed up for so many years in my life, you are asking me to be born again. You are causing me to be born again now. After all the mess I've done, sovereign. And some people who are older, no? They might get saved when they are 60 or 70 years old. Lord, after all the mess, now we are meeting me, Lord. How different life would have been if you would have met me? Never. It When it pleased God, he says. <laughs> I love that. When it pleased God to reveal his son in me, even though he separated me from my mother's womb. He pleased God at this time. You know what it tells me is this. No matter what kind of a mess that you have made, in Christ, whenever God has called you, you are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything has become new. It doesn't matter how long or how late you got saved in life, you can still finish the course that God has ordained for you. That is a hope. And he was convinced about that. I wish I walked with Peter and John and James and I would have been one of the disciples. No! Nothing of that sort. Never. It's amazing. This man. He never complains, no? So a lot of, a lot of us complain. How many of us never, I was, when I was growing up, I said, oh lord, I've, I wish I was born in US or Canada or what is, whatever this place. I wish I was born in such and such a country. Nothing. When, where God decided, you know what? You are not an accident, my dear brothers and sisters. None of us is an accident. Your parents were chosen by God. Your parents were chosen by God. Circumstances were chosen by God. Your school was chosen by God. Because you never had any opportunity to choose the school. Right? Did you say, no, I will not go to St. Patrick's. I never said that. My parents said, St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's, over. That's it. The school was chosen by God. Everything was chosen by God. All your circumstances. Gives us tremendous hope. Isn't it? You know what it tells me is this. The greater the mess that you have made, the greater is the message that God can actually testify of you from your life. That is the reason why this guy, it's like Paul. <laughs> Paul. Who is this Paul Baba? Saul, I know. We, we know this Saul. Wasn't this the guy who made those people widows? Wasn't this the guy who persecuted and killed so many people? Wasn't he responsible? What he said? Lord, I wish you called me. No, God said, no, 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 no. I choose this time. I choose this time. When it pleased God, he calls us. 
Amen. Don't forget that. You know, I believe those circumstances were chosen by God to keep this man humble. Otherwise, he would have thought he was Tob Megapan. Okay, first. So therefore, he never forgot where he was picked up from. Second, he never complained when God called him in the circumstances. He left it completely to the sovereignty of God. In other words, he never twisted. That is the reason why he was so convinced about the sovereignty of God. He never, ever, ever complains. Who can separate, he says, from the love of Christ? Can tribulation, can anguish, can nakedness, can peril? Okay, first. So, the third thing. And because of these two things, he had what we call as an attitude of a bond servant. In other words, I know who owns me. Romans chapter 1 verse 1. Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated for the gospel of God. What a radical statement is this, Baba. Paul, bond servant of Jesus. Over. Becoming an apostle is a, is incidental. And separated for the gospel. My God owns me. How much? 100%. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. It's very easy answer, but very difficult to... <laughs> Answers are very easy in Christianity. You know that. Life is difficult. Simplicity is... The answers are so, so simple. Life is difficult. That is the reason why Acts chapter 27, verses 21 to 23. Peter said, once bitten, twice shy. So I got two handkerchiefs. Okay. <laughs> so very, very hot. Okay. But after a long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them, said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. Look at this guy, sovereignty, you know. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. For there stood by me the night, this night, an angel of the Lord to whom I belong and to whom I serve. Finished. He, I belong to him, I serve him. And because he had this attitude as to who owns him and whom he was serving, he could serve everybody else. Why, how could he become a servant of all? Because he knew whose he was. I'll, I'll tell you something. If you are convinced of the fact that you are the owner of an estate, okay, if there is garbage in your estate, what will you do? Will you wait for the servant to come and clean it? No. Hurry, garbage, my dad's estate. Just, just go and clean it. And you will, there is no loss of dignity because you are going and cleaning it. Why? Because it's yours. And because you are doing a menial, <laughs> menial job, so called in the eyes of the world, it's not going to really bother you. Because you know whose you are. Let me give you an example. Turn with me to John's Gospel chapter 13. Look at this, okay. I mean, this is stunning statements of Jesus. The 
whole context it's been given verses 1 onwards okay let me let me let me show you something now before the feast of the passover when jesus knew that his hour had come that he should depart from this world okay having loved his own who were in the world he loved them to the end and supper being ended the devil having already put into the heart of judas iscariot simon's son to betray him now look at this all circumstances are going to be against him in this one fellow who's going to whom, whose, whose feet is going to wash that fellow is also against him jesus knowing look at this jesus knowing that the father had given him all things into his hands and that he had come from the father and he was going to the father he ordered his servants no what did he do rose up from supper laid aside his garments took a towel girded himself and began to wash poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded think about this my dear brothers the ruler of the universe why was he able to do that it says adam was made from the dust god got his hands dirty you know why because he created the dust <laughs> the dust also belongs to him everything he owns and because he owns everything and because jesus knew that all things were entrusted into their into God, into his hands and everything he knew where he was coming from he knew where he was going he knew that now he's going to be crowned the king what is he going to do wash the disciples feet you know why because he was absolutely certain who he was who he belonged to who owns you my brothers So if you are absolutely confident as to who owns you you will not be in no job will be uh, will be below your dignity by the way you know that and in fact if you if you think if somebody says oh, pastor you should not do this you are pastor then i should be really <laughs> upset what kind of an attitude what kind of an attitude what is the kind of air that that i have that i'm portraying that people should stop me from making me do certain things no one of the things that i learned when we started our school i became a butt cleaner really i was i was thinking lord what am i doing here lord one of my students he looked at me and he said sir i said what happened beta so so what two three or five i think it was four years old or three years old when he came to our school for the first time i took him to the washroom and he was making all kinds of sounds okay washed everybody's what are you i know whose i am nothing is below my dignity I remember my daughter used to be with sister Elsa when she was like what three years old or four years old. No, you remember those days? Abigail, her time on Sunday afternoon was with sister Elsa, and she used to poop nicely. 
and and the diaper just tells us to go cut clean nicely put the diaper and give back no yeah unbelievable why nothing is below dignity you know why who owns me you see what i'm talking about that is the reason why he go turn with me to first corinthians chapter 9 So but before I go to serve first Corinthians chapter 9 first be very absolutely sure who who owns you now first we go to, before we go to first Corinthians chapter 9 let's go into first Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 19 and 20 and 723 okay 19 and 20 and chapter 7 verse 23 of first Corinthians okay or do you not know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have from god and you are not your own you were bought at a price therefore glorify god in your body and in your spirit which are god's okay that means i am owned by god i am his bond servant okay next one next verse 723 1st corinthians you were bought at a price do not become slaves of men basically men's of men's opinion if you are not going to become slaves of men's opinion what they think about you what will happen to you first corinthians chapter 9 verse 19 onwards now for though i am free from all men i have made myself servant to all why what is the reason that i might win them the more to the jews i became like a jew that i might win the jews to those who are under the law as under the law that i might win those who are under the law to those who are without the law not being without law toward god but under the law of christ that i might win those who are without law to the weak i became as weak that i might win the weak i became all things to all men that by that i might by all means save some this is his attitude it's an attitude basically because you know why he was absolutely convinced who owns him he had the attitude of jesus christ jesus knowing that the father had given him what how many things all things what did he do he laid aside his garments you know girded himself with a towel took a wash basin and started washing the disciples feet you know why because he was absolutely convinced who owns him you understand so who owns you <laughs> this is attitude number 3 abc yeah what is called as attitude of bond servant fourth one i call it persuaded by terror constrained by love <laughs> what is that persuaded by terror constrained by love persuaded by terror and both of them these two themes come together you know that you have to be persuaded by terror and you have to be constrained by love they are not independent themes KJV okay second corinthians chapter 5 verse 9 what does it say wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted to him why for we may all gado must all what a tremendous statement that is no 
What a tremendous statement. No? How easily we forget when you get in the man, get up in the morning. You're so angry with people. We are angry with uh, our leaders, spiritual elders. Oh, so many, so many times you're angry with so many people. <laughs> and we suddenly forget <laughs> that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Yesterday that pastor was talking about, right? Just imagine, you're slapping your wife and suddenly God comes. You're typing an email and suddenly God comes. What those statements, my dear brothers? You spoke a word, suddenly God comes. Before, just imagine, before you could finish your apology, God comes. Is anything stopping him from coming? By the way, tell me. Oh no, Vijay has not repented, poor fellow. Is there anything stopping God? Yeah, actually, that is what, that's the only thing which is stopping him actually. It says in... God is not willing that anybody should perish, but, but what? That all might, might brought back to repentance, but don't take the long suffering for God, of God for what? Granted, no, 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 no. Don't test his long suffering. Because he is long suffering, you have to fear. Because you can come any moment. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone should receive the things done in his body. Hello. That is the reason why who owns you. is important. According to what he has done, whether it be good or bad. That is the reason why 1 Timothy chapter 5 will say some people's sins are evident. Some people's sins will follow. In the same way, some people's good works are evident. Some people's good works will follow. And Romans, Revelation chapter 14 verse 13, what does it say? Ah, they have rested from their works, their good works are following. Nothing will be hidden. Knowing therefore the what of the Lord? The terror of the Lord. What do we do? We persuade men. That's what I said. Persuaded by terror. But we are made manifest unto God and I trust are also made manifest unto your consciences. And therefore, look at verse 14 now. Verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us. You see that? What is, what is he? He is persuaded by terror, constrained by love. And what does this do? What does this do? It says, you know what? God has entrusted into our hands what? The ministry of reconciliation. Please be reconciled to God when there is time. Otherwise it will be too late. Too late. That's the, that was his, what was the thesis of his ministry was, you know what? Persuaded by terror, constrained by love. Turn to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 25 onwards. And indeed, now I know that you, that you all among whom have gone preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am what? Innocent of the blood of all men. Second, verse 27. For why? For I have not shunned to you to declare the whole counsel of God. You know something? Paul lived under this constant tension that who's after him? The avenger of blood is after him. That is what faithful was, you know? That's why, that's the reason why he's called faithful in Pilgrim's Progress. Why? Don't stop me! Don't stop me! He says. He's running his race. And Christian is saying, Hey, whatever his name, please wait for me. 
He said, don't stop me, don't stop me. The avenger of blood is after me. What statements Bunyan has, Bunyan has made, Baba? One statement he made. And I was breaking my head as to what this is. Uh, living under this consciousness of that avenger of blood being after you, Baba. I, really, you know, I was stunned when that statement was made. I was thinking, Lord, what is this? John Bunyan, I was trying to crack his puzzle. And one day, when I was reading through uh, the book of uh, Joshua and uh, and Deuteronomy, it says that you have to have three refuge cities. Three on this side of Jordan, three on the other side of Jordan. So that anybody who strikes somebody accidentally should go there and hide himself until a diligent search has been made whether he has deliberately killed somebody or he has accidentally killed. If he has accidentally killed, the avenger of blood has got nothing to do. He cannot stop him. I mean, he cannot do anything to him. But if he has deliberately killed, he has to be handed over to the avenger of blood. But if he has accidentally killed also, he just cannot come out of the city of refuge. You know that? If he comes out of the city of refuge, the avenger of blood will be upon him and he will die. Until what time? Until the high priest dies, the avenger of, he has to stay within that cities of refuge. Only when the high priest dies, is he allowed to go. So what, what are you and I supposed to say? You know what? Your high priest has died. Who is our high priest? Jesus Christ is our high priest. He has died for your sins. He is not the ironic high priest, Baba. He has gone into the most holy place, not on, on earth, in the heavenlies, with his own blood. And we are there to warn everyone, be reconciled to that man. And if you have not done that, God says, I will require their blood upon your hands. He lived under that consciousness that he has to be faithful to the whole counsel of God. That's what he says. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God whom you purchased with his own blood. Do you see that? He purchased this with his own blood. And therefore, I need to know, I have to ensure that I teach you the whole counsel of God. Otherwise, his blood will be upon my hands. Persuaded by terror, Constrained by love. The love of God constraineth me, he says. So what are you persuaded by? You know what should persuade us? The terror. What do you think persuaded Enoch? (laughs) The terror. What do you think persuaded Noah? To walk with God. Judgment. There is judgment and then mercy. And then we will know that mercy triumphs over judgment. How do you know that mercy triumphs over judgment unless and until you are convinced about the judgment? Once Methuselah was born, everything in his life changed. Sida ho gaya, banda. Constrained by love, persuaded by terror. Okay? Knowing the terror of God, we persuade men. Amen. Alright, let's look at another verse. Ephesians chapter 4 verse. Um, yeah. 11 to 15. 
Read those verses. For he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why? That we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the plotting craftiness, cunning craftiness of the deceitful plotting, because so, so many false prophets and false gospels, and what are we supposed to do? Teach you so that you will keep yourself from that. And then, but, but what? Speaking the truth how? In love. Speaking the truth in love. May grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. That is what persuades me. What is that? The terror of the Lord and the love of Christ. Persuaded by terror, constrained by love. That is fourth attitude. First attitude, Auntie. Never forgot where he got picked up from. Never complained when God called him. Third, was absolutely convinced who owns him. And you know what? Willingly he submitted himself to that. And therefore, he was not, he became a servant to all. You know why he was able to be a servant to all? Because he was absolutely convinced as to who owns him. Third, fourth one, persuaded by terror, constrained by love. Fifth one, conscious that he has entered into a race. What is that? Yeah. Conscious that he has entered into a race and he is running to win. Exactly. Participation certificate participated. certificate participation certificate There's no participation certificate in Christianity. He's convinced, <laughs> conscious of the fact that he has entered into a race. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 9. Therefore, what does he do? It is, it, is, it is a subsection 7. Okay. 7 things he does here also. Hmm? Do you not know? Thank you. First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 onwards. Dr. Luke, you are on the money. Do you not know that those who run in the race all run but run, one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it to subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should not become disqualified. Why was he able to finish his race and become a successful Christian? Simply because of this. One of them, I mean, not simply because. One of the reasons why he was conscious that he, has, that he has entered into a race. First thing, he realized that he is in a race. Okay, first thing. Whether you like it or not, you are in a race. So what do I do? Get rid of all weights and all sins. <clears throat> okay. If you want to lose weight, run with weights. Okay. But if you have attained that whatever body, the toned body, run with minimum weight. Okay. Well, that's interesting, no? I like I like that. If you want to lose weight, run with weight. That's exactly what happened to Christian. No, he was walking with a weight, and then finally that weight of weight went, weight went, disappeared when he <clears throat> went to the cross. But that's okay. We are not going to talk about that. So first, realize that you are in a race. Get rid of weights. Okay, barul. 
పక్కన పెట్టి బరువును పక్కన పెట్టి భారాన్ని తీసుకోవాలంట యు హ్యావ్ టు గెట్ రిడ్ ఆఫ్ వెయిట్స్ బట్ యాక్సెప్ట్ ద బర్డన్ వాట్ ఐసే యు హ్యావ్ టు గెట్ రిడ్ ఆఫ్ వెయిట్స్ బట్ దట్ సీమ్స్ లైక్ అన్ ఆక్సిమర్ ఆన్ బట్ ఇట్ ఈస్ నాట్ ఇట్స్ అ ట్రెమెండస్ బర్డన్ ఇన్ 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 ద లైఫ్ ఆఫ్ అపోసల్ పాల్ and one of the things as parents we should have a burden for our own children burden you have to be burdened for our children it's a burden oh my goodness my child has to know the lord okay so get rid of weight so that god can give you a burden that's the secret of apostle paul realize that you are in a race and get a burden and not a weight okay what is weight something which is unnecessary which is not going to help you on this process of winning the race what is a yoke which trains you and makes you even more sharper in the race that you are in you know that for example yoke of practice i play the piano for 2 3 minutes my my uh, fingers start aching Poof. my goodness and you should see that man's uh, fingers they just fly you know why yoke burden he took a yoke upon himself what is that yoke hours and hours and hours of practice okay one of the things that we need to do with our children also put up put a water on them yoke on them they'll hate the yoke the only way to enter into the rest is to take a yoga you know that i didn't say that jesus said it matthew chapter 11 verses 28 and 29 come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest okay fine take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i'm gentle and lowly in your heart and you will find what rest to your souls it is only after we start taking the yoke upon ourselves the yoke of god and it is good for a man to bear his yoke when he is young baba young young bachelors okay but it but when it pleased god i'm also convinced about that when, when it pleased god okay so <laughs> i wish i was a bachelor all the nine nine when it pleased god okay when it pleased god understand that so realize that you are in a race second realize there is a price what price imperishable price so if if you want to get rid of if you want to get the perishable imperishable price what should you get rid of perishable things okay what are the perishable things for example james chapter 1 verses 9 to 11 <laughs> I, li- i i like the i like the way james writes no james is like my kind of a guy i mean i'm not my kind of a guy he's too straight forward baba he just tells it to your face and he is like makes bullet points tat 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 at one point to the other one team to the other he just keeps moving he's a- as if he's in a hurry let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation but let the rich in his are kya baat hai i like that but the richness humiliation because as a flower of the field he will pass away and then 
For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his what? Pursuits. Oh, what are your pursuits? Pursuits which will fade away? Or pursuits which will last all eternity? Charm is deceitful. Beauty is gain. Beauty is vain. I think even all the people who who go into beauty pigeons also know it very well. You know why? One of the things that you listen to all the actors, actresses interviews, you know, they say, the life of an actress is very small, they say. So make hay while the sun shines for them. Not not heroes in, in, in Telugu movies, heroes are evergreen. Especially. Okay, they can look very young when, I, mean, I think even in Bollywood also is the same, but I'm not sure. I mean, Shahrukh Khan can be like 52 years old and he can act as a teenager also. I, I don't know how that is possible. Yeah, no? They can make movies as if they're teenagers, but that's, that's a different thing. But, it's fading. So how do you gain an imperishable gift? How? Because charm is deceitful, no? Beauty is gain, no? Vain, no? But a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. When, Baba? On that day. <laughs> and she will receive what? An imperishable crown. Let us go to First Peter chapter 3. We know it very well, but we will go in this context. First Peter chapter 3. Verse 3 onwards. Do not let your adornment, ah, like that, no, that word, the word adornment is cosmos, by the way. <laughs> let not your world be <laughs> merely outwardly world. Cosmetics. Do not let your adornment be merely outward. Arranging the hair, wearing gold, putting on fine apparel. But rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit which is very precious. In whose sight? That is incorruptible. That is imperishable. First of all, you are in a race. So get rid of weight and get a burden. Sin, of course, we will talk about that later. Second, you are in a race, realize, run so that you can get a prize. What kind of a prize? Imperishable prize. So you need to have a imperishable attitude or an incorruptible attitude, right? What is an incorruptible attitude? A incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit which is precious in the sight of God. Why? How, do, how did they get it, Baba? Look at this. This is how they got it. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God adorned themselves, how? Being submissive. First, let us all say the word submissive. Submissive. Lord, make me submissive. Let me not fight authority. Even if you feel that the authority is wrong. That's what it says, no? Servants, be sub- be submissive to your masters with what kind of fear? With dash fear. 
with all fear. Mm, I mean, whatever kinds of fear that you may have, get it all together. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the wicked. Say, Lord, make me submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid, with any terror. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Don't think, oh, they'll take advantage of me. Let them take advantage. Why do you feel that they are taking advantage of you? Because you are looking for what? A temporal crown. That is the reason why people say, they are taking advantage of my talent. Talent is deceitful. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All these things are vain, Baba. One who fears the God, fears the Lord, she will be praised. So therefore, make me, Lord, submissive Lord. And let me pursue this. Not perishable pursuits, but let me pursue this kind of an attitude. The imperishable beauty of a meek and a quiet spirit. Submissive spirit who will come under subjection. Understood? It will help you. And why do you think Paul was successful? Simply because of this. Third category in that same, running a race. He was temperate in all things. What is What things? Temperate in all things. Please put it, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 23 in the NIV. I like that. Very, very nice. Everything is permissible. Everything is? Okay, all, what are those? Everything, Prime Video, Netflix, YouTube, um, uh, what, what else? Sim and Sam, La, 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 Wonderla, huh? What else? Mo- um, theater, everything is permissible. But not beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. Hello? <laughs> constructive. Constructive hai kya? Aapka jo sambhashan bolte na usko? Sambhashan. Sambhashana. Telugu la sambhashan ante tehindi putan Your conversations. How are they? Constructive? Your entertainments. Your relaxations. Your drinks. All things are permissible. But nothing, not everything is constructive. Therefore choose what is constructive. That is what we call as temperate in all things. Everything is permissible. Actually, if you now go back to uh, KJV or NKJV, look at how it says. All things he says. <laughs> all, uh, sorry, 23, 23. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Therefore, I choose those things which edify me and edify others. What should sharpen what? Iron should sharpen iron. So does the countenance of a friend. Six, same thing. First Corinthians chapter 6 verses 12 and 13. All things again. All things are lawful for me. All things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So be very careful. Maybe 15 minutes of entertainment is okay. But seasons, 
not okay. You will lose that season. Seasons only people watch, no? Season 1, season 2, season 3, season 4, season 5, season 6, season 7, repeat. And they are waiting desperately for the next season. My goodness. Okay. You will be brought under the power. One of the things that we have realized is that we have brought under the power of coffee in 65 days now. In the morning I got up and I said, where is my coffee? <laughs> and I came early so that I could have coffee. Now I am not satisfied with brew anymore. Nonsense. <laughs> you see. <laughs> but, yeah. If you take the blood samples, Corona will not be there, but caffeine will be there for sure. Is it, is it, is it caffeine in the blood? Oh yeah, I think so, no? Caffeine enters into the blood. Okay. When un- knowledge, wisdom has entered your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, what has entered into my, into our blood now? Caffeine. So, all things are lawful for me, but not all things profit or beneficial or constructive. All things are lawful for me, but I do not want to be brought under the power of anything. See that. So can you break your cycle? Is important. Let's say, for example, you have a schedule. Hmm? Friday, 25 minutes, we break lena hai. Monday, break it and do something else. Then you will know whether you are being brought under the <laughs> power of those things, you see. He's temperate in all things. So, we looked at, he, he realized that he was in a race. He realized that there is a price, incorruptible price. And therefore, he is temperate in all things. Four, he runs with certainty. What is that? Very, very certain. Only two things certain in life. What are they? Death and taxes. <laughs> okay. Death and taxes are, I mean, that is a very famous statement. Death and cert- taxes are certain. Therefore, 1 Timothy 6-7. 1 Timothy 6-7. What is what the, the, that one certainty we should fear? For we brought nothing into this world and it is <laughs> certain that we will carry nothing out. Therefore, having food and raiment or clothing, with this we shall be content. There is only one thing certain. You know what that is certain? The kingdom of God. Everything else is uncertain. When every earthly prop gives way, you alone are my hope and stay on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Therefore, you know what? There is a one certain thing in my life. Kingdom of God is certain, whether you like it or not. All the kingdoms of this world, they will collapse. And the kingdom of God can might look like a small stone, but one day it's going to become big. And he's going to engulf and the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Period. That is certainty. That is certain. <laughs> what is certain in your life? You know, one of the things one old brother used to be, not old brother, a young brother used to be in our church sometime back. Certainly, he said. He used to use the word certainly. Certainly, certainly. Okay. You know that brother, no? 
Certainly. Certainly. That was his word. There is one thing which is certain. What is certain? Death is certain. Judgment is certain. Okay. Examination ke baad, kya hota? Result is certain. However you wrote it. Result maa 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 chet la lehega. Humare chet mein nahi hai. Chet mein nahi hai. You see? It is not there in our hands, Baba. So, run with certainty. Then, it is a fight. He realized that it is a fight. Boxing, no. What kind of a fight? Boxing fight. How do you box? Not like this. Like this. And you box with? Okay, not as one beating the air, but making every punch count. Like Muhammad Ali, I told you, no. Fly, fly like a butterfly, sting like a bee. But how do you sting like a bee? How do you actually fight with clenched fists and make every punch count? You want to know? Answer is found in the Bible. How to fight with clenched fists and make every punch count? Isaiah chapter 58. Verse 3 onwards. Why have we fasted? They say. Look at this, okay. We see these are, these are all fighting. Fasting is a fight. With clenched fist. So, so many people fast with clenched fist. Oh, I should not eat, I should not eat, I should not eat. Okay, something like that, okay. With clenched fists, okay. Why have we fasted, they say. And you have not seen. Why have we afflicted our souls and you do not take notice. In fact, in the day you fast, you find pleasure and you exploit all your labors. laborers. Next verse. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the Ah, you strike with the clenched fist of wickedness, Baba. Okay, don't strike like this. Strike, uh, this is what is called beating the air. Meaning, you are striking or fighting for something which has no value on this side of eternity. That's exactly what Paul tells the, the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You fellows are, are fighting for property. Brother takes brother to court and that too before the Gentiles. What are you doing? You are fighting as one beating the air. This is all vanity. What is that? Striving after the wind says who? The great man. The wisest man who ever lived. With a 9.8 IQ, macha, useless ultimately. Striving, beating the air. Is this the fast I've chosen? No. Fast is not to strike the other person. I remember one man of some time back, one pastor, you know. I was fasting. What was I fasting for? For a car. I said, what? For a car? You are fasting for a car? I mean, I am fasting to overcome sin and death. My flesh is very strong, brother, and therefore I am fasting. No, 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 no. I am fasting that God will give me a car. That is what we call a clenched fist beating the air. Is this the first? Beating your body for what? Praying and praying. I prayed, prayed God. I fasted and I prayed and God gave me a house. 
lazy a little sleep a little folding on of hands oh today in the morning what a struggle it was for me to get up my goodness man the ac was 29 degrees centigrade 26 and the outside home was like hot like a furnace i know you guys were struggling i'm sure okay and i got my alarm alarm was 3 345 no not alarm i just get up my have now inbuilt alarm ho gaya almost now i get up and i start my also okay, another 15 minutes went to the washroom came back slept and then i went outside and i said oh the door is locked i don't want to disturb my wife and again went back you see that struggle that struggle my god and then this verse comes to my mind what is that 2433 Proverbs. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest. Oh! And I got up from my sleep. I went outside and it was hot, sweating, no coffee. you see <laughs> unbelievable it was you see this is what i'm talking about you know what he says beat your body subjection your body your stomach listens to you you don't listen to your stomach of course i came back here and i made my coffee with jaggery <laughs> it's a healthy caffeine okay all right so don't be lazy a little sleep a little slumber and then if you don't do this otherwise you will be what disqualified god is not a respecter of ayyo apostle paul no 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 i will be also disqualified after having preached to others so disqualified ka matlab kya hai run according to rules that means how do you run everybody runs his own race don't try to run somebody else's race help others on the race that is also law Please turn with me to Second Timothy chapter two, verse five. Okay. Also, if anyone competes in athletics, क्या बात है? 
he is not crowned unless he competes according to rules nana or he competes lawfully in in, in kjv he, he has to compete lawfully that means he has to obey the law rules what is the first rule your race you run what did i say your race you run help others alongside you who are running their race but don't run theirs help them that is what we call as a law of love that is also a rule love the lord your god with all of your heart with all of your soul with all of your mind that is your that is your race love your neighbor as yourself don't run his race but help him on his race that is two rules run according to rules romans chapter 13 verse 10 Eight? Oh yeah, ten. Yeah, first ten. That's enough. Ten. Love does not do any harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Amazing, no? Love is the fulfillment. We remember that verse. We pass was preaching from uh, for the righteous requirement of the law should be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Understand? How does the righteous requirement of the law be fulfilled in us? Love is a fulfillment of the law. We help others in their race, but we don't run their race. We help and we run our own. That is according to rules. Otherwise you will be disqualified. That is point number E. Yeah. A, B, C, D, E, F. E. A, B, C, D, E. Five. Oh yeah. F. Sixth one. He was conscious that he was in a race. That is my favorite topic, so I expanded a little more. Sixth point, he had a, he was a man with a very tender conscience. What did I say? Tender conscience. He was so sensitive to sin. He was not sinless like Christ. He made mistakes. But he was a man with a tender conscience. Let me show you. Acts chapter 24 verse 16. This being so, I myself also strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and man. I strive, he says. I labor, in other words. One thing that I do not want to have a, a conscience which is void of offense. I want to have a conscience void of offense towards God and, and towards man. I do not want to offend anybody in the sense this way so that I've hurt them in any way. Verse 20, chapter 23 now. How does he apply this? Okay. Look at how he applies this. Chapter 23 of Acts. And let's read from verse 1 onwards. Fantastic application. Okay. You have to see application also. Where you should, where this should be particularly uh, applied in a context. Then Paul looking earnestly at the council said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. And immediately what he said, then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall, for you sit to judge me according to the law, and you and do you command me to be struck contrary to the law? And those who stood by said, do you revile God's high priest? And then you know what he says, when Paul said, I did not know brothers that he was the high priest, for it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. From where? Exodus chapter 22 verse 8, 28. Don't have to turn there. That means even his conscience was trained by the truth of the word of God. 
said, oh my goodness, I said that? And immediately he confesses. You know something? High priest, who is the high priest now, Baba? Jesus. Who is this fellow? Did he say? No. Nothing. Came under subjection to authority. And nowadays people can say anything against authority and they think that they can get away with it. And their conscience does not trouble them at all. What was the secret of David's life? A tender, sensitive conscience. First Samuel chapter 24. And verse uh, 4 onwards. Then the men said to David, uh, then, then the men of David said to him, this is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand that you may do to him as it seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off the corner of what? Saul's robe. And then, now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him. You know, okay, NIV will use the word. What is it? What does it say in KJV? Yeah. Afterward, David was conscience stricken. What a statement. For having what? Killed? No, 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 no. For having cut off the corner of the robe of a man who was his master, who was running after his life, a wicked, evil master. And he cut off his robe. And his conscience doesn't bother him? Oh, it bothers. He said to the men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master. Look at this. The Lord's anointed or lift up my hand against him for he is the Lord's anointed. And then, so David restrained his servants with these words. Look at this. Another, actually other, other translations will use the word. He sharply rebuked. It's, 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 is it in NIV? Look at that word in NIV. Yeah. With these words, David rebuked sharply his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. You see that? How people, how do we, do we really rebuke people when they speak against authority? I mean, I can, I do, I do rebuke people who are, uh, who are under me. I mean, who are younger than me, but for people who are older than me, I can't. I just walk away. <laughs> I just walk away. I close my ears. I just walk away. I do not want to have no, I don't want to know anything, good or bad, please. Like, you know, Laban was told, was told by God, don't speak, good, don't speak, evil. Shut your mouth, please. Not interested. A man without tender conscience. So that when the Amalekite comes and <laughs> boasts that he killed Saul and he thought that Sabasi Dega. Koi Sabasi Nebai. You know what he did? Kill him off. How dare you touch the Lord's anointed? Second Samuel chapter 24, verse 10. Look at this man, no? And David, again, again, please go back to uh, NIV, 24 verse 10. David was conscience stricken after he counted the fighting men. You see this man? Conscience stricken. You know why? This conscience was not ordinary conscience. 
like Ravi Sakarai said, in some places their conscience troubles them if they love, if they don't love their neighbor. In some places their conscience troubles them if they don't eat their neighbor. We are not talking about that. We are talking about a conscience which has been trained by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. Conscience stricken. A tender conscience. Okay, and what does he say? And he said, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. Now, O Lord, I beg you to take away the guilt of your servant. Attend a conscience. That is what the secret of Apostle Paul was. You know what was his, his life? His life was a life we had a tender conscience. And therefore, he kept short accounts with God. <laughs> Immediately, he repents. Oh, Lord, grant us tender, tender conscience, Lord. A tender conscience. So that is F, finally, G. Okay, A, B, C, D, E, F, and G are the seven guitar chords. And after that, it repeats. Am I right? Saptaswaralu. And seven chords. Okay, so let us look at the last chord. Okay. His secret was death to self and depend on grace. What did he, how did he do all this? <laughs> Not been his own strength, Baba. Death to self and depend on grace. Both are together. That is what we call as the application of the cross and depending upon the grace. These two things go together. How do I know it? Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 and 21. Look at how these two, how these two go together. I have been what? Crucified. This is a daily thing. Okay. Daily. I have been crucified with Christ and no, I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the, what of God? The grace of God. So, death to self, depend on grace. And God gives grace to the humble. And therefore he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 to 11. 9 to 10, in fact, 2, two verses enough. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. We come back full circle, no? He never forgot where God picked him up from. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which is in me. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Death to self. And depend on God's grace. This is the life of Apostle Paul. At least as far as I'm, I look at it. There are so many other characteristics we can look at. But these are the seven things which I look at and I say, Lord, this is how we want to live. No. This is the plan. What is your plan? If not this. Not by might. Not by power. But by my spirit. Says the Lord. Amen. We have exhausted our time. Let's pray. May the Lord grant us grace to this to this end that we will no longer live for ourselves, but for God. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, that even as we have meditated upon Your Word, continue to impress Your Word in the deepmost parts of our inner man. And cause us to walk in your ways. Let these seven truths that we learned become a part of us. 
and enable us, Lord Father, to stay focused, to be determined on that straight and narrow path. We thank you, we praise you for in Jesus' name. Amen.